Hello, 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 and welcome to this episode of the PD Smash Podcast. Today we have a great one for you. First up, we're going to be talking about Cam Newton being cut from the Patriots. After that, we're going to talk about Gardner Minshew being traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. Then, we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson and his trade update before finally moving into some fantasy football. But before all that, I want to welcome for another episode, my, our right brother, Donovan O'Leary. Hello, thank you for the wonderful introduction. Yes, I am Donovan. You may have heard of me because I'm famous. (laughs) I'm not famous, but uh, hello, and I'm super excited to be on the podcast. Thank you so much, Smash fans, for tuning in. And without further ado, cue that intro. They can say what they want now. Because we'll be screaming now. So, Cam Newton being cut from the New England Patriots. We honestly should all have seen this writing on the wall. Because after the COVID incidents, after the protocol incidents, it just seemed like it was time. And then all the stories coming out about how Mac Jones was doing so fantastic. How I believe one story is that he ran he ran someone over to in practice with the Giants and then said, Hold hold my balls. Because I believe that's what he said. So yeah. This guy, ridiculous. Mac Jones ridiculous. And I think I think that uh the Patriots are really wanting that type of leader, and Cam Newton's not that type of leader. Additionally, I don't think that the Patriots really like the fact that he was inconsistent in a lot of ways with his not only his performance, but also his leadership style and how he was off of the field. So I think all of that led to him being cut from the Patriots. Additionally, I don't I think that him not being vaccinated is a very big problem as well moving forward because it makes it so much harder for him to get on the field. Don, what do you think about this whole predicament? I really hope the hold my ball story is true. I'm going to look that up after. I really hope so. Um yeah, I think Mac Jones is actually a really good quarterback at least from what we've seen from preseason. Of course, preseason isn't always an actual indicator, but uh, I've been really excited seeing him. Well, excited as I can for a QB because I'm an avid not-Patriots fan. I wouldn't like to see another 10 years of the Patriots reigning supreme on the whole league. But, uh, yeah, I knew I knew pretty much after the final game, I was like, I think Cam Newton's getting cut. I just don't think he worked in the play style that Bill Belichick is used to because he's known for being mobile, and Tom Brady is known for the direct opposite of that. And so they drafted an, an overweight quarterback who can't move. And I was like, oh, that's perfect for Bill Belichick's uh, playing style. There's no way that they 
go with Cam Newton. And they didn't go for Cam Newton. About his future, I don't know where he's going. I don't know what team at this point would want to start him. I think everybody's too late into the postseason and everybody's already gotten people from free agency or drafted people. I don't know who would draft him as a first string. Second string? Maybe. I know Dallas needs a second string. I know the Ravens just cut Trace McSorley, and although they do have an okay second string, they could probably get a better one in Cam, and I think Cam's mobileness could alleviate some of the pressure from Lamar Jackson, but I'm not sure where he goes from here. I think personally, Donovan, that Cam is probably going to go to the Cowboys because they do not have a backup quarterback that's worth anything, really. I think that it's really going to come up to whether Cam decides, A, to get vaccinated, if he hasn't already, because he hasn't outright denied the fact he's gotten vaccinated. He said it's too personal. So he either owns or does get vaccinated, and he accepts the role of backup. And I think with Dallas, with Dak's shoulder injury, the nagging shoulder injury, it's going to be very... It's going to be very... How do I put this? It'll be very hard for him to get another starting position in this league before he becomes a backup and tries to prove himself that way. I think he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league now, not like top 10 or even top 20. But I mean, like he's a startable ca- starter caliber or back very, very capable backup caliber type quarterback. And I think that in the end... I believe that Dak will need a backup and Dallas will need a backup because that shoulder scares me. But I think overall that Cam Newton will be the perfect fit in Dallas. You think there's any other place besides Dallas or uh, the Ravens he could go? I don't really see anywhere else. I don't know. I don't know what maybe Arizona, but I don't know what their backup quarterback situation is looking like. Yeah, I can't think of too many other places where he'd go because every team that needed a quarterback filled the spot during the postseason with a quarterback that I would say isn't better. Well, he wouldn't be an upgrade from the quarterback that most teams have right now. You mean backup quarterback? No, no, starting quarterback. Okay, I was like, bro. But I don't really know backup quarterback situations for teams. So I don't know. And I don't know how much they'd pay for Cam Newton, like if they'd have to overpay for him for a backup. So speaking about overpays and underpays and overvalues and undervalues, let's move on to what I think could be the steal of the offseason and the trade that Philadelphia made for Gardner. I really, really like Gardner's potential. He's only 25 year old, five years old, I believe. He had two really good back-to-back seasons. Nothing special or amazing, but you also have to realize he was playing on the Jaguars. The Jaguars of all teams. So that's not necessarily going to be like your greatest indicator ever of how good or bad a player is. And he was doing well with the Jaguars. So I think that the Eagles could have found their starting quarterback. Now I think Jalen has earned the right to start week one. 
But if Jalen doesn't do well, I think that Gardner Minshew could definitely come in and take that starting job. You th- what do you think, Donovan? I think this would be a fantastic, uh, fantastic trade if they didn't already have two other quarterbacks. <laughs> it's like the Eagles are intentionally trying to lose the NFC East at this point. I really like Gardner. I really like Jaden uh, Hurts. I don't like Joe Flacco that much, you know, because he's Joe Flacco. I don't understand what they're trying to do. Are they trying to make like a three-headed monster like San Francisco had at running back, but for quarterback instead? It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't they're intentionally making uncertainty and making their team unstable. And for what? They have Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts had a fantastic season when he was on last year. I would kill to have Jaden Hurts on the Washington football team. I it's crazy to me. I don't know why they're doing... Wait, 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 Pause a second. Yes. You are a little overvaluing a Jalen Hurts season here, my I guy. I don't think so. Let us Especially look up... Especially as his first start. How let, old is he? Let me look up Jalen Hurts... Jalen Hurts stats from last year. All right, sure. But I know that on his first start, he beat the Saints. And the Saints have one of the best defenses okay, okay, in the NFL. Okay. Yeah. All right. He had a passer rating of seventy-seven point, or I'm not sure if this is a passer or a QBR, but either way, seventy-seven point six passer rating. I'm pretty sure. One a little over one thousand yards, six touchdowns, and four interceptions. That's a good. That's a decent quarterback rookie season. That's not an amazing. Or even good quarterback rookie season. He didn't blow anyone away. Now, I'm not saying it's necessarily his fault. I think he definitely has it. I think he definitely has the opportunity to become something that is a good or even a great starting quarterback. But let's not get it twisted. Jalen Hurts is not this amazing quarterback. He's... A good quarterback, don't get me wrong, but he's not an amazing quarterback. I would disagree because you have to, you have to evaluate where the Eagles were when he started, and for six touchdowns and how many games was that? I don't know. You can look it up. How many games he played? But six touchdowns, four interceptions, with their wide receivers being who? He started four games. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, Athagel Whiteside, Zach Ertz. Like, it's not great. Yeah. But it's not the Jazz... Six touchdowns, four games. That's more than a touchdown per game. Four interceptions. Bro, you want your quarterback... You want your quarterback to throw you about two touchdowns a game. Yeah. Optimally, a prime quarterback, yeah. No, a prime quarterback closer to three. A franchise quarterback, yeah, two. But halfway through his first season... Put into one of the worst teams in the NFL. I think he did an amazing job. Now, am I saying that... He doesn't need mentorship? No. I think that if they did kind of like a what the Dolphins did with Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick, that would have been good for this season. But signing a quarterback who's, like Patrick said, kind of in his prime at 25 years old. He's not in his prime. Well, not in you, but age. But if, That's not age. Dude, Jalen's like 24, 23, 24. No, yeah, but I'm saying... It's competition. It's not to teach Jalen Hurts and develop Jalen Hurts. It's to directly compete against him. And he already had Joe Flacco doing that as well. And do you really want 
your mentor, Jalen Hurts' mentor, to be Joe Flacco? I don't think so. They signed Joe Flacco. They ch- they signed Gardner Minshew, and now there's huge competition in the QB room. I think Jalen Hurts had the potential to be really great, and I think he still does with the right mentorship like Patrick was talking about. And right now, Joe Flacco, not the best quarterback. Gardner Minshew, too young to mentor him. It's just not a good situation. Just for reference, Donovan, Gardner in his second season with a worse receiving core completed 66% of his passes, threw for 16 touchdowns, and five interceptions. Yeah, I'd be fine if they went with Gardner instead of Jalen Hurts. Just pick one. And trade the other one. Just don't make it... The competition is going to hurt them. If they did the competition maybe at the beginning of the postseason or slash preseason, they signed Gardner Minshew like six weeks ago and they've they traded for him they didn't yeah if they, if they traded Gardner Minshew six weeks ago and he's been in the system since then before the season yeah maybe that would have been a good move right before the season a week before the season starts not a good move at all speaking of good moves versus not good moves what do you think about the reports of Deshaun Watson being closer and closer to a trade with the Miami Dolphins. However, Brian Flores pretty much outright denying the fact that they're trying to trade for Deshaun Watson. When I first heard it, I thought two things. One, that the Miami Dolphins would be really, really good with Deshaun Watson. Two, it would be such a silly trade to trade for Deshaun Watson because they've hyped Tua up so much Tua's actually been developing into a really good quarterback. They've built the offense around Tua. They mentored Tua with Ryan Fitzpatrick. They've invested so much into him that at this point, he's like the face of their franchise. And trading him away? They are one of the teams that doesn't really need a quarterback right now. And there's a lot of teams in NFL right now that really, really, really need a quarterback. A lot of the teams that drafted rookies... A lot of the teams, like the Washington football team, that just have an eh, okay quarterback that they want a better quarterback. I don't think the Dolphins are front runners to trade for Deshaun Watson because I don't, frankly, think they need Deshaun Watson or really even want him. But, well, all the reports are saying Dolphins are the front runners, yet Brian Flores is like, no, we are not trying to trade for Deshaun Watson, so... We'll see how that Well, I pans think out. part of that is public image, an image towards Tua, because I think if they were trying to trade for Deshaun Watson, they wouldn't tell Tua, because if it doesn't work out and they told Tua, then Tua just like is completely like, bro, are you serious? Because now they have a quarterback that knows that they tried to trade him away. So, of course, if I'm Brian Flores, I'd go up and say, no, we're not trying to get Deshaun Watson because I don't want our young face of the franchise quarterback to lose loyalty to us right now. That yeah, that's true. That is a very good point. But if there if it wasn't the Dolphins, what is the one team you think is most likely to trade for Deshaun Watson? Hmm. Considering the fact that he has to waive his no trade clause, so it has to be at least a decent team but still a team that needs a quarterback, which is very few teams in the league, I'd say either Chicago or Washington. Chicago and Washington are 
both teams that have great defenses, both teams that have the weapons to succeed, have good wide receivers, good tight ends, good lines, everything like that. All they really need, all the, the only gaping hole left for them is quarterback. And those are the two teams that I think Deshaun could see are, if he went there, they'd be good enough. And the only team for the Texans that they'd give up enough to get Deshaun. The, speaking about giving up enough and giving enough, let's talk about fantasy football and who we'd be willing to give up on and to get. So we're going to go through the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, the running backs, and the tight ends that we each think are overvalued, undervalued, and ones that we see a lot of potential in. So Don, would you like to would you like to pick which position we start with first? Yeah, let's go with wide receiver first. Okay, wide receiver. Would you like to go first, or you like me to go first? You can go first. So for my overvalue at the tight end, not the tight end. My apologies. At the wide receiver position, I think DK Metcalf is being a little overvalued. Him and AJ Brown, I think, are being a little overvalued. Because they, A, have two good number two wide receivers. B, the running game is good. And C, it's tough for the Titans. The quarterback situation is good, but it's not great. And for the Seahawks, DK Metcalf has not taken the next step into being the elite of the elite. He's probably a top 10 wide receiver, but needs to work on his catching ability before he can really become elite of elite. So it's those two questions that really have me on edge about them being top five, top seven wide receivers in the in the NFL, especially in fantasy. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I think he's definitely overvalued. I would like to note that last year for fantasy football, I did draft him in like the sixth round because I'm a genius and I could see his breakout potential even in his rookie year. Um, <laughs> However, yeah, he hasn't taken the big leap. I would I would honestly draft players like Terry McLaurin uh, and Keenan Allen over him just because they're a little bit more experienced. They've shown their roles. They're clear wide receiver ones. They don't have to contend with players like Tyler Lockett. I just think that there are other wide receivers in a lot more stable locations. Uh, just so you know, Donnan, that was DK Metcalf's second season as he was drafted in 2019. Oh, okay. My bad. Second season. Still, still. And also, Terry McLaurin was drafted in the same draft class as him. That's ironic because I also drafted Terry McLaurin last year, and then Terry McLaurin broke out too. So, so really, I'm a wide receiver expert. So yeah, but but going back to my point, there are a lot of wide receivers that I think have a more consistent role than him and a lot less question marks, but I can't deny that his ceiling is super high. Russell Wilson is an amazing quarterback. I think if he can get his drops down and his footwork up, he could definitely be an amazing wide receiver. Now going to my... Uh, undervalued. I think Ty McLaurin is an undervalued pick. I think his wide receiver one on his team with a quarterback with no quarterback that threw more touchdowns and interceptions. He still managed to have a good year. 
he has he now has a quarterback that is willing to throw the ball more than 15 yards down the field consistently who has shown to be more and more consistent as the years have gone on and has the arm strength to put it in places where he can go get it. And I think that's going to lead to a monster year for Terry McLaurin. What do you think, Donner? Yeah, I think even with just an average quarterback, he can do a lot. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a good quarterback. Not a great quarterback, but a pretty decent quarterback. I think that Terry McLaurin has shown that he can do a lot in unstable situations. Last season... We all witnessed the quarterback situation in Washington. And Terry McLaurin still finished like a top 20 wide receiver, I think, which is mind-blowing given the two quarterbacks that he was working with. I think now with a stable quarterback situation with more weapons on the Washington offense to distract uh, defenses, I think he's going to get a lot more opportunities. And now, for me, the one that I see to have a lot of potential and to keep your eye on for the wide receiver is Henry Ruggs. I think year two could be a good breakout year for him. Other than Darren Waller, they don't really have any other receiving threats of note. He's really fast. He will stretch the defense. He has the potential to be very good, in my opinion. It's really just a case of can he put it all together? Because if you can put it all together, Derek Carr can put the ball where it needs to be. What do you think, Donovan? Okay, a couple things. One, I I have a concern that uh, Las Vegas is very run-heavy and John Gruden is very run-heavy. So that might take away some stuff. And of course, they'll still be receiving time. But there's Darren Waller, one, who who they've targeted quite a lot, who Derek, uh, what's that? What's the name of their quarterback? I just forgot. Uh, Derek Carr, who Derek Carr has targeted quite a lot. And there's also another wide receiver on their team who broke out during preseason, who's like kind of a veteran. I don't remember his name right now. It might be John Brown. I don't know. But anyway, he kind of established himself as, in many reporters' eyes, a wide receiver one on their team, which kind of makes me concerned for Henry Ruggs. However, I think that with his speed, he's ridiculously fast. And I think that it's enough to get him at least one touchdown a game or at least one like 70-yard stretch a game. I think that he could be reliable for at least 90 yards a game. And he's falling to like the the eighth round. I think that he's a steal. Brian Edwards or Willie Sneed? I think Brian Brian Edwards, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Brian Edwards. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Donovan, so now what's your wide receiver? All right, we'll start with overvalued. Um, Oh, I can't think of overvalued right now, so I'm going to go to undervalued. Undervalued for me is Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley in most leagues is going at wide receiver 4 or wide receiver 5, although he is by far the best receiver, not even neglecting wide receiver on his team. Uh, Matt Ryan's a a decent quarterback, a good quarterback. They have Kyle Pitts, who I think is going to be really good this year and is going to take some of the pressure away. But even with that, last year, most matchups that the Falcons had, the number one corner on the defense went on Calvin Ridley, not Julio Jones, because Julio Jones was injured. He was moving slower. So they put him on Calvin Ridley, and Calvin Ridley... Even splitting target share with Julio Jones 
finished wide receiver, I think 15, which is really crazy. So I think last year he proved what he can do even if he is being targeted by corners. And I think that the addition of Kyle Pitts will take a little bit of that away. And I, I just think o- overall he's he might lead the league in receptions and in yards. Wait, 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 wait. So he's the number five wide receiver, right? That's going? Yeah. So how much higher? If he's how is that I, undervalued? I, I put him I put him at least wide receiver three with Stefan Diggs, tied with Stefan Diggs. You are high on something. Because Justin Jefferson what? Is, Justin Jefferson is going to be better because he was better last year and he's only yeah, going Justin to progress. Yeah, Justin Jefferson will be better, but not better than Calvin Ridley. What? Yeah. Not better than Calvin yeah, Ridley. Yeah, he was better than Calvin Ridley last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's going to progress more this year, so he's going to be better than Calvin Ridley. But he still has to split with Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen. I don't care. He had, like, I think he had something like 1,100 yards last year. That's okay, but his t- his touchdown efficiency isn't very good. I And that's I'm, a lot of things in fantasy, because Adam Thielen takes a lot of touchdown shares away. That's a lot of Adam Thielen's fantasy is touchdowns. Um, and Justin Jefferson doesn't okay, have a lot of even touchdowns. Not Justin Jefferson. Come on. Stefan Diggs. Mm-mm. DeAndre Hopkins. Tyreek Hill. I Devontae he's, Adams. He's going to do better than D-Hop. He might even do better than Devontae Adams. You, what do you mean he's going to do? They have one other receiver in the, on the Arizona not named Larry Fitzgerald because he's very old and now he's not... What he once was. Taste, oh my. Uh, well, of course, Chase Edmonds is more of a receiving back. No, 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 uh, no. Wide receiver. Name me another wide receiver. I know one because he was on my fantasy team last year, but I can't name him. That's what I thought. Yeah. There's no way you're about to, bro, bro, you can, bro. I'm not even, bro, bro, I, bro. Think, I think they're undervalued. They're one, a lot more run heavy. Arizona's a lot more run heavy, and they're Kyler, not. And Kyler Murray's gonna. Well, you're. I'm counting Kyler Murray's runs in run heavy. It doesn't matter. It'll, they're not that much more I think run Calvin heavy Ridley's than gonna the, t- the, the Atlanta. Than Atlanta. Yeah, Matt Ryan just stays in the pocket. He's, He's not, not gonna run. Well, they run the ball. I'm not saying D Hop isn't gonna be awesome. I'm just saying D Hop, bro. I'm just saying Calvin Ridley's gonna be better. Under bro, undervalued five to four. Is basically what you're telling me undervalued is. <laughs> bro. Bro. What is this? Fine, fine, fine. I'll give you another undervalued. And my other undervalued is Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton there is coming go. back from an injury right now. But he's still a really, really, really good wide receiver. He's falling to the fifth or sixth rounds. And the year before he was injured, he was playing with like three rotating quarterbacks because Denver didn't know what they were doing. And he still got something like 1,100 yards that season, which is insane for the quarterback room that they had. Cortland Sun is such a talented wide receiver. Am I saying that you should draft him in the first two rounds? No. But as a bench player, I think that he is awesome. So, now, do you have a potential or an overrated for us, or shall we move on? Hmm, let me check fantasy football right now. I need to go to rosters. Hmm, overvalued wide receivers. Ah, la 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 la, one second please. Overvalued wide receivers, I would say... 
the Bengals wide receiver room besides T. Higgins. I think Jamar Chase is going too high, and I think Tyler Boyd is going too high. Uh, they're oftentimes getting drafted before T. Higgins, even though T. Higgins is the clear wide receiver one on that team. I think that all three of those players are decently good, but they're going to have to split with each other. In front of J- Joe, uh, whoa, you got this, Joe time. Joe Burrow, and this is really his, his first NFL season. If you don't count last season when he was bro, injured like bro. halfway through, one and a half, his one and a half season, and he got injured. Half, not saying he's not a talented quarterback, but they're gonna have to share three different uh, wide receivers. Plus, uh, you have Joe Mixon as well taking some shares away. I don't think. I don't think that any of them, aside from T. Higgins, are worth drafting at all. Okay. Then now moving on to quarterbacks. Who do you think is the most overvalued quarterback, Donovan? I think the most overvalued quarterback is Josh Allen. He's going right now as quarterback one. And I think that a couple people, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, will all do better than him this season. He doesn't... I think he's going to do well this season, but last season was a really, really, really good season for him. I don't think it's enough to have people drafting him in the second round. I think that's way too high. I think there's a lot of other quarterbacks who have a way higher ceiling than him. He does rush sometimes, but not as much as other quarterbacks. He does pass sometimes, but doesn't pass as well as some other quarterbacks. I think that he's going too high right now. Okay, then what about your undervalued quarterback? My undervalued quarterback is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson right now is going in fifth or sixth rounds when his rushing upside is insane. His passing upside is amazing. He's he's an awesome quarterback. People forget that he unanimously won MVP two years ago just because he got COVID last year and it slowed down his game. I think he's coming back better than ever. You also have to remember that last year he beat the Titans in the playoffs with his wide receiver one being Hollywood Brown. He is, to me, a once in a generation quarterback. I think he's going to be absolutely amazing this season with a potential repeat of what we saw two years ago when he finished quarterback one, I believe. I think he's going to have an absolutely dominant season fantasy-wise and in real life. Now, kind of moving on to the last little tidbit. Do you have any potential for us? Potential breakout? Potential breakout? I think Ryan Tannehill has the potential to do a lot better than what he's been doing. I think that Derrick Henry in the red zone gives him the position to do QB options and run into the end zone, which gives him a rushing touchdowns. I think the addition of Julio Jones will make it easier for him to pass. I think that overall he's going to finish like QB7 maybe, and he's being taken as a backup quarterback right now. I think that he's he's going to do a lot better than what people are thinking. Okay. I don't have any issues with that. On my side, I think for me the overvalued quarterback that I have is I agree with you. I think Josh Allen's a little overvalued right now. I think undervalued quarterback for me, I really believe that's Russell Wilson right now. I think he's probably the second second to third best quarterback. But I've seen him being going around 
right where Justin Herbert's been being taken, and I think that's a little extreme. For reference, me and Patrick in our fantasy draft had he had a pick right ahead of me, and I wanted a quarterback, and he picked Russell Wilson right ahead of me, so I had to pick Justin Herbert. So yeah, I think that's a little too low for him. I think that for my potential quarterback, we got famous Jameis, Jameis Winston, the man, the myth, the legend himself. I think that people forget how many touchdowns and how many yards he threw for the last time he started 16 games. And if he starts 17 games, I'm thinking he could definitely throw for 5,000 yards. I could see that happening again. If he just cuts his interceptions in half, he's an MVP candidate. And he's a top five, top four quarterback in uh, fantasy and in the league probably. So, yeah. Now moving on to uh, running backs. For the most overvalued for me, I think Austin Eckler's being overvalued. I I think he's solid. I think he's solid. I think he's a good running back to go in like the third or fourth round. But he's being somehow picked as, sometimes picked as high as the second round. And I'm saying this isn't like, Eight-man leagues, not like 16-man leagues, because 16-man leagues, that makes sense. He's like a second-round pick. But because I think he's going to do well next season, I don't think he's going to do better than Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs, uh, Najee Harris, Harris, uh, what's it called? The The Colts starting running back, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Joe, I already said Joe Mixon, but there are a host, Chris. I don't even think he's probably going to do around as good as Chris Carson's going to do. I think he's going to take a step back. I think that this is going to be more of a pass-heavy team. I don't know. I don't trust Austin Eckler from a personal standpoint. I don't think he's as good as people saying. I don't think he's like RB7. I think he's more like RB15, 14. And... That is my take on that. My brother is about to have a panic attack. I can see that right now. I could not disagree more. (laughs) I think Austin Eckler is going to have the best season of his career. I think Justin Herbert is the best quarterback he's had in at least five years. Even if it is pass heavy, he is a receiving back in a points per reception league. That's amazing. He's going to be awesome. The running back room and the Chargers is empty. It's him. Nobody else. It's him. He's determined. If you look at his social media, he's betting on himself in fantasy. He's super involved in it. He's ready to go. He's fired up. He has the passion to go in and go get it. I would put him at least, I'd put him in front of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I'd put him in front of Joe Mixon. I'd put him in front of Najee Harris. I think that he's a seasoned player primed to do some fantastic stuff i think that i I trust the the head coach of the chargers because they did a good job last year i think they're going to do an even better job this year when austin eckler was in last year stats point towards the fact that he was going to do really well he had a really good season when he was in because he's fed every single game he's fed rushing wise and receiving wise there are a few players who get the receiving volume that he does, and those other players are amazing fantasy players. CMC, Dalvin Cook, 
all players who have tremendous receiving upside and few others have as big of a receiving upside as Austin Eckler. Okay, you've heard it here first. Donovan disagrees with me. We'll see how that goes out. I think in terms of underrated, I think Josh Jacobs is being severely underrated. He's being drafted as a bench as a bench player, or I've seen some places he's not even drafted at all, or he's drafted behind ahead of his back. Then why do you have him on your bench if he's under if he's under? because I have three top ten running backs on my team. That's why, or top probably top seven running backs on my team. Oh lord. What do you mean, oh lord, Donovan? Najee Harris is not a top seven running back. It's fantasy running back, not not average. a top seven fantasy running back. Top ten to top seven. What top. Maybe beyond the top ten. Cap. Stop. No. As entering this season, I think he has the potential to fall out of it. No. But entering into this season, he's a top ten to seven fantasy. If he dro- he could drop, he could not do as well. But in terms of projections, that's where he's at right now. It's between the top ten and top seven running back. That's incorrect. Well, my projections. I'm not saying fantasy. Well, I'll, I'll, ESPN I'll, dumbass projections. I'll I'll, li- I'll list them off and tell me if you agree with it. Okay. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Derrick Henry. Yeah. Uh, Nick Chubb. Yeah. Aaron Jones. Aaron it's Jones. Close. It's going to be close. Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor. Going to be close. Ezekiel Elliott. Going to be close. Antonio Gibson. Going to be close. Austin Eckler. No. Joe Mixon. No. And those are the players contending for like the 10th spot. So, so that's what I'm saying. Between top 7 and top 10. Okay. I see him being there. I think... I think... So, going back to what I was saying, I think Josh Jacobs has the potential to get into that top ten. I think he has a t- I think he has the potential to be better than what uh, Najee Harris is going to be this year. I just think Najee Harris is more more likely to reach his potential. I think Josh Jacobs has the potential to be a top ten running back this year, especially in fantasy. We'll see how it plays out, but that's what I think. And. I see people being like drafting him in like the tenth or eleventh round, and I'm like, that is, that's a really tough. And I think the person that has the most potential, I think, is going to be Antonio Gibson. I think Gibson has the potential to finish his running back number two or number three this year. I think everything I've heard out of the the football team camp is that he's going to be really good, and they want to use him more and more like uh, Christian McCaffrey. And if that's the case, he's going to get a lot more touches, and he's going to have a lot of things going for him. Donovan, what do you think? Uh oh. I'm sorry. Who was your pick? Uh, Antonio Gibson. Yeah, Antonio. Stop G- slamming I'm your sorry. water bottle. Oh, my bad, my bad. I, I, yeah, Antonio Gibson. I totally agree. I sent Patrick three paragraphs yesterday over text on why I'm high on Antonio Gibson. Basically, he's in almost the same exact position that Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey are in, which is that his QB is good, but not too good that they'll throw over the air a lot. Uh, The defense is good, and it won't turn into a shootout, because obviously in shootouts, wide receivers are favored over running backs. And that there's still receiving threats on the team that will take away pressure from the running back, because the Vikings have... uh, 
Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. And the Panthers have Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. And Washington football team now has Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Logan Thomas. But you can also note that none of those are really like top 10 wide receivers. They're really good wide receivers, not top 10 wide receivers. Maybe, time, maybe 10 wide receivers better than Justin Jefferson or Terry McLaurin. Oh, shit. Here we go. Okay. Uh, Devontae. You better look well, up not, a roster. Not, not in terms of fantasy. Just mm-hmm. regular. Well, you better look up a roster. Because you're going to yeah. run out fast, One my second. guy. To players. No, 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 no. Right. Okay. Devontae Adams. Tyreek Hill. Stefan Diggs. DK Metcalf, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, AJ Brown, Keenan Allen, uh, 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 Mike uh, Evans, uh, and, and not in terms of fantasy, but in terms of actual uh, play. Uh, 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 uh. I'm putting Terry McLaurin on the same tier as Keenan Allen and AJ Brown. What is wrong with you, man? Yep. Julio Jones. Julio Jones is probably higher than all of those people. What are you talking Julio about? Jones is. Pro- I think Julio Jones is probably going to be better than AJ Brown this year. Yeah, yeah, Julio, but I'm saying A.J. Brown is still amazing. A.J. Brown, but even if he is on the same par as Keenan Allen, that Mike Evans is better than him. Uh, yeah, Amari Cooper, I'd say, is better than no, him. No, ter- In terms of, not in terms of, I like, disagree. fantasy, but in terms of talent, Amari Cooper is. And yeah. That, but that, that's still that's not ten. 10 names. Okay, Devonta Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, that's three. D.K. Metcalf, four. Hopkins, five. Ridley, six. A.J. Brown, seven. Mike Evans, Eight, uh, Julio Jones nine, and then ten is a contention between a lot of different people. I'd say Michael Thomas, in terms of talent, is better. So which, like, which which he is. So like so basically fringe top ten wide receivers because I I don't know if I agree with you with some of those names on that list. All right, for, but, for fringe top ten. But I think Justin Jefferson and Terry McLaurin are fringe top ten wide receivers in this league. Yeah. But now moving on finally for tight ends, I think the most overrated Yo, t- yo, what? I didn't do my undervalued. Oh, sorry, oh, undervalued. Damian Harris of uh, uh of the Patriots. Alright, here's a couple things to note. One, they traded Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle was taking a lot of carries away from Damian Harris, obviously. Two, they just cut Cam Newton. Cam Newton rushed for a bunch of yards. He always rushes for a bunch of yards. He always takes rushes away. Now Mac Jones is there. Uh, Three, the Patriots are one of the highest teams in the NFL in terms of rushing in the red zone. I think that that's only going to get larger to take away some pressure from Mac Jones. I think right now Damian Harris is going eighth round, seventh round. I think that he has a tremendous upside, especially if he establishes himself as a clear RB1, because there aren't a lot of other people in that room anymore because they traded everyone. And now they have Mac Jones. They're probably going to rush a lot. Uh, They're going to throw still because now their receiving threats are better, but their receiving threats are still okay. It's going to give them a lot of time to be a receiving back and a running back, and I think he's going to go a long way. I agree with you. Now moving on to the final slot, tight ends. For tight end, for overvalued tight end, I think Kyle Pitts is being overvalued. I think that he's going to still. I think he's probably going to be the fourth best tight end still. I just see him going in like the third round sometimes, sometimes the fourth. I think he's more of like a sixth to seventh round type of guy. I think that he's in terms of ranking, 
He's about he's a, he's probably gonna be the fourth. I just think he's being picked a little too high. In terms of undervalued, I think Robert Tanyan's being undervalued. He should have made the Pro Bowl last year over Evan. I can't catch a damn ball, Ingram. <laughs> And I think it's going to continue. I think he's going to get you a good solid 10 to 15 points a game, which for a tight end, that is not bad at all outside of the power three. Uh, then in terms of the one that has the most potential, I think is once again, Kyle Pitts. I don't think he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be the third or second best tight end, but he could be. There's a chance for him to get 900 yards, 1,000 yards receiving this year. Because as Donovan said with Calvin Ridley, outside of Calvin Ridley, there's not really that many receiving threats. They like to pass the ball often. Kyle Pitts can become that second wide receiver, that dominant second wide receiver. It's going to be, he's what, I think he's like 6'6 or something like that. Yeah. He's fast. Yeah, he's big, he's tall. I think there's definitely potential for him to break out. What about you, Donovan? You disagree? Yeah, I, I think that I agree with your pick of overvalued, and that's my overvalued pick as well. I think Kyle Pitts, I, I, I pick him as the fourth tight end. H- however, picking him in the fourth round over, let's see, what what's available in the third round, maybe Chris Carson, picking him in front of Chris Carson doesn't make any sense. There are very few, the skill gap between the third best tight end and the fourth best tight end is huge. And I think he's being picked way too early. In terms of undervalued, and I'm once again, like I did wide receiver, going to pick somebody who's valued very high, but still in my mind, not high enough. And that's George Kittle. Right now, people have him. He can't be undervalued <laughs> if he gets picked in the second round. Listen, listen. And his best. Listen, 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 the, listen. The listen. number one tight end in the league. He's the best tight end of all time. Listen, listen. In okay. his prime. Okay, okay. What the hell okay. is wrong with you? Listen, listen. With the quarterback turmoil that's going on in San Francisco with Jimmy G and Trey Lance, what are you doing? Okay, okay. A couple things, couple things, couple things. One, people have him battling right now with, uh, with tight end spot number two with Darren Waller. I think he's so much better than Darren Waller in terms of skill and in terms of play. People forget that two years ago, he was fighting with Travis Kelsey in terms of tight end one, and he got injured last season. It's not like he fell off last season, not like he was bad last season. He he just got injured. In terms of having bad QBs, that didn't stop him when he was... Jimmy G took them to the Super Bowl that year. No, Raheem Mostert took them to the Super Bowl. (laughs) Jimmy G just handed it off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but no, but Jimmy G during that regular season was not a bad quarterback. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be the same th- this season. I think. But now quarter- there's a quarterback conversa- competition, and Jimmy G's lost all his confidence. That's even better. That means they're going to check it down more, and they're going to check it down more to George Kittle. I think a lot when he's healthy, most of the game plan in San Francisco revolves around George Kittle. And I don't think that changed because of a year of injury. I think that he's going to come back better than ever. Clear wide receiver too. I think he's going to be in contention with Travis Kelsey all year for wide receiver for tight end one. I think that it's going to be close. I think that a lot of people are undervaluing him in, in terms of how good he is. Doesn't he get so picked good. in the second round? 
No, he usually gets picked in the third. People usually pick Travis Kelsey in the first round and wait till at least the third round to pick a tight end. Okay, like I get I it, but at the same time, like damn. For dude. somebody who has the potential to be good, as good as Travis Kelsey, but being drafted at least two rounds later, I don't. Bro, I think he's being a, in a league of smart people, there's no way he goes in. You because if I saw him in the third round, I would have snatched him so fast. I did. Yeah, that's my point. Oh. What? That's my point. You drafted two spots ahead of me. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, I would have snagged him. Wait, no. Let me check my draft history. Do you know how? Oh, yeah. Let me go. How? how? He was drafted 33rd by me. Do you know what that is in an eight-man league? What is that? Uh, 16th pick is round two. 24th pick is round three. Yeah, damn. Never mind. I did wrong. not realize. I got was, all right. So in an I'm eight, wrong. Damn, an, I definitely should have snagged him. That's on me. Yeah. Damn. In an eight shit. In an eight man <laughs> league, which is still still eight man league is a little different. But he dropped to thirty third in an eight man re- league. Well, he dropped to the league. same pick. Probably. What? He dropped to around the same pick. Still, it just would be a different round. Oh yeah. Okay. So he drafted. He went to. The beginning of the fourth, in a league where Travis Kelsey was taken like seventh overall, and I firmly believe that he is going to be contending with Travis okay, Kelsey. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Potential pick. Who's your potential pick? Potential pick? I'm going to have to agree with you again and pick Robert Tanyan. I think that there's very few receiving threats on Green Bay besides he Devontae was my, Adams. He was my underrated. My... my uh... Oh, your potential. But potential was Kyle Pitts. Oh, I put potential as as Robert Tanyan then. Potential, yeah, because he has the potential to do really well. Last season, he did decent. He did okay. I think he's gonna pop off this season. I think Devonte Adams, of course, is gonna distract the defense. I think they have decent wide receivers. Uh, Adam Lazard, he'll do fine. Ma- Marcus Scantling, he'll do fine too. I think it's enough to distract them and to get plenty of receiving for Robert Tanyan. He is a good bench tight end in a small league and a good starting tight end in a large league. My only issue with him is that a lot of tight ends who also have receiving backs on their team don't do well because receiving backs run a lot of like similar Dude, just short routes can, as tight ends. Just because someone can catch the ball doesn't make them a receiving back. Aaron Jones is not a receiving Aaron back. Aaron Jones is for sure a receiving back. No, he's not. He's, he's 100% a, dual a receiving back. He's a dual threat who can receive. Fine. But dual, he's not a receiving back. Dual threat who can receive backs. <laughs> he's not a receiving he back. Is. Austin Eckler is a receiving back. JD McKissick is a receiving back. Aaron Jones is the dual threat. So, how many reception you... Yards did Aaron Jones have last season? Let's see this. Let's see me expose Donovan. 355. That's a lot. That's not. That's. 355 receptions is impossible. Receiving yards. Receiving yards. That's not a lot of receiving yards. It's okay, though. Uh, it's and, okay. He's a dual threat. And, He's not a receiving back. And also, my also my other major concern <laughs> is that they use him as a receiving back in the end zone, a lot. Like he gets a lot of reception touchdowns, which is kind of tough for tight ends because tight ends kind of run the same routes that running backs could run in the end zone. However, I think that Robert Tanyan still has plenty of room with Aaron Rodgers, who's his 
maybe like a top two quarterback in the league right now to, to Tom do Brady amazing. Thinks, Tom Brady would laugh at you, but the players wouldn't as they ranked him the second best quarterback. If Aaron Rodgers was on Tampa Bay, he would have won the Super Bowl. If any team, if any quarterback in the top five was on Tampa Bay, they would win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it, top anger, seven it angers me so bad that Tom Brady got put in the perfect situation again. I want to beat him up so bad. Oh my gosh. Look at Donovan trying to beat up geriatric people. Ho- ho- <laughs> Hopefully Patrick Mahomes surpasses his legacy. I sure hope so. <laughs> That's going to be damn near impossible. He's going to have to win like 10 rings. Possible. <laughs> he could do it. Okay, that ends our episode for today. I hope you like this impromptu hour-long <laughs> episode because me and Donna just decided we were going to scream about fantasy football for 40 minutes. I hope each and every one of you Smash fans are having an amazing day. I hope that you will have an amazing day after you finish listening to this episode. If you want to check out more episodes, you can go to the link in the description that says pdsmashsports.com where you can check out all 40-plus episodes of the podcast, as well as 40-plus articles. Once again, thank you so much, Smash fans, for tuning in. And without further ado, this is Patrick and Donovan signing off. Yes, sir. There's a moment in your bones when, when the fire takes over. Blood is running. Battle gets closer. They can say what they want now. Cause we'll be screaming now. We can be heroes everywhere we go. We can have all that we ever want. Swinging like Ali, knocking out bodies. Standing on top like a champion. Keep your silver, give me that gold. Every spotlight, every sound bite, everybody who gave up is just a fuel for wanting him more than anybody against us. They can say what they want now. Cause we'll be screaming now. We can be. Oh